you know, certainly have engaged with many of the brands that um, we we own today in the outside portfolio, and they were based here, like Active Interest Media that owned, you know, Warren Miller Films and Ski Magazine and Backpacker. They're, you know, we're based here in Boulder, and you know, we were, uh, you know, very honored to to be able to acquire that business. I'm a realist about the convergence of technology, culture, and the outdoors, and I think that. My own view is that I'm terrified of the metaverse. I'm terrified of a world where everybody's at home on VR, not connecting with the planet. I actually already think that screen time has done tremendous damage to humans from a wellness, health and wellness and mentality perspective. Um, so we're building this platform uh, with the specific goal of how to engage people to get outdoors. This is the Proco 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor hosting Proco 360 because I love Colorado and getting to know the leaders of Colorado's most interesting and entrepreneurial companies. Today's episode features Robin Thurston, chairman and CEO of Outside Inc. And I've been a fan of Outside Magazine for years. Outside Inc. is more than Outside Magazine. Its mission is to support the belief that life is best spent outside experiencing healthy connected and fulfilling lives. Outside Inc. now supports that mission with 500 employees and reaches over 250 million people. I look forward to exploring a couple of huge concepts that fascinate me. Outside serves active lifestyle enthusiasts. That's a niche. And then there are over 30 brands in that niche. And I want to dive into how these niches are carved out and developed and how Outside speaks to those who live you know, both in those niches and people who aspire to be part of those niches. So with all that, Robin, glad you're joining me on Proco 360. Well, thanks for having me. You know, so I gave a quick overview of Outside Inc. You can do a much better job. Why don't you start with that? Well, we've even recently refined the mission down even further to, you know, just get everyone outside. I mean, there are some big, what I call sort of, you know, headwinds for outdoor activity that are very concerning in my mind. The average teenager in the US is getting less than 60 minutes a week outdoor time. Um, that's very different than from when I grew up um, and certainly a bit location dependent, but it is a trend when you think about, you know, Facebook spending $25 billion on VR systems to keep you indoors, um, you know, screen time, just how much people like the CDC up on their website, if you look, the average kid under 18 spending nine to 11 hours a day on screen time. You know, these are not good trends. And so our mission is pretty simple by collectively building a platform and bringing all of these brands and services together. It's really to create a personalized, um, you know, technology solution and output for the customer that engages them first, inspires them, second, engages them, and then ultimately rewards them for that outdoor time. Well, interestingly, you said uh, my last, my follow-up, but designed last question was about the metaverse, and I still <laughs> want to come back to that. Yeah. But you know, From, you, you know, is people not being outside not good for outside ink, or is it not good for people? Well, I mean, I think at a very high level, and there's some really good research out there. Um, you have, you know, you have some doctors now prescribing outdoor time. Um, I think it's contributing to, you know, the mental health crisis, uh, the limited amount of time we're spending outdoors. I think that there's a whole bunch of um, specific health related things. Um, I think, though, more importantly, 
Um, there was a cartoon I saw the other day where there's a, you know, essentially a kid sitting in his living room on VR and, you know, around the house is on fire. Like literally all the forest is on fire around them. And, you know, so there's also this, this part of connectivity to the planet that, you know, we think is critical for the future. I mean, you know, I don't know, maybe Elon Musk is going to get off this planet, but I'm not. So the reality (laughs) is like, I think that we all have to, you know, by being outdoors, there is a connection to nature that helps us focus on focus, you know, our time and energy on why we should be investing in sustainability and thinking about, you know, um, our footprint, our carbon footprint that we produce. And, you know, so I think there's both a, a, a real physical mental health crisis that has to do with us not spending enough time outdoors. And by the way, that time outdoors does not mean that you have to be going for a century ride or a marathon. Like this is for the average person in the world. They are not spending enough time outdoors. And that could be just walking with your shoes off in the grass, like, Mm -hmm. or, you know, Uh, going on a short hike or, you know, playing golf. I I mean, from our perspective, we just want people to realize that that outdoor time is integral. It's integrated with us as human beings. We are part of this planet. It's like a soul. It's a soulful thing, isn't it? It is a hundred percent. I mean, for many people, it's spiritual even. Yeah. Now you mentioned, you know, it doesn't have to be any of these sort of extreme sports and so forth. It could be taking off your feet and walking or your shoes and walking in, in the grass. And I, I agree with that. And yet switching gears a little bit to, you know, your, your niche sort of being the, and, and I realize this maybe is old based on what you've just told me is you've changed your mission, just get outside. Um, but the premier hub for active lifestyle enthusiasts. And, you know, I think when outside started, that was sort of a big enough niche people who wanted to be outside, who considered themselves enthusiasts. But now you break your audience into bikers, hikers, climbers, even outdoor climbers, gym climbers, ice climbers, you know, how people eat, they're vegan eaters or they're clean eaters. So, you know, as you think about addressing this market of helping to people, people to get outside, I mean, you know, uh, what's a right-sized niche and audience now, even compared to what it was 20 years ago? Well, some work that I've done, not only here at Outside, but previously suggests that there's about 2 billion people on the planet that we would classify as active lifestyle. And those those, those are people that, you know, sort of um, have self-opted into at least two days a week of activity. That could be a 30-minute walk, two days a week. That could be a, you know, uh, an hour run, five days a week. But there's a, there's about 2, million, 2 billion people on the planet that mm-hmm. qualify mm-hmm. under that sort of designation. And those people are at all different journeys. Like, you know, I don't know about you, but like, you know, I'm, I'm, I would consider myself sort of a, uh, you know, elite cyclist, but I'm and a, and a, and a pretty good skier having growing up here in Colorado, but like, I'm not an advanced hiker. I'm not an advanced, um, like I love kayaking a little bit or like some of these things, like I'm just a beginner. So I need a platform where I can go to just to get started in that journey, even if I'm maybe further along in my journey in some of these other sports. And so our goal, like we have a a more recent product we've launched called Outside Learn that is Mm -hmm. essentially like masterclass, but for our category, about 600 courses in there. And it's everything from very beginner ski tips to, you know, advanced um, kayaking tips or, you know, things like that. And so I think that our goal is really to be at all sort of points along that journey 
with people as they get into these categories, as they switch categories. I mean, mm. by the way, if you and I move to New York tomorrow, our our outdoor activity is going to change, right? So yeah, yeah. moving changes outdoor activity, uh, you know, um, you know, significant others change, uh, social groups change the reason why you do certain activities. And we just kind of want to be there at every one of those points in the journey to bring it all together in an easy place for you to uh, get that information. Yeah. So that's a question. Let's just pick one. And I'm just going to pick one um, ice climbing because mm-hmm. you've got a, a product in that category. And, you know, you mentioned what if somebody's just learning what is, and I always wonder, like, do you speak to people who are avid, passionate, expert ice climbers? Are you speaking to them in your product line? Or are you speaking to the, the, the aspirational sort of person who, it's just sort of looking at that, thinking that looks interesting. Yeah, I, I sort of would use an analogy that a lot of our imagery and, you know, like our, you know, almost what I call sort of the the flashy side of the marketing is yeah. very aspirational. It's like showing a Warren Miller clip or, you know, showing, you know, somebody surfing on a big wave or, you know, things like that from an aspirational standpoint. But if you think about like I I sort of the analogy that I would use is if you think about like a Nike or an Under Armour or an Adidas, um, you'd be surprised how many people that um, are not active wear their shoes, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 So like, I think you have to think about it a little bit. Like, obviously, we want to inspire people to get in these categories. And we do that through inspirational or aspirational content. But the reality is when you actually go to the sites, like a lot of what we do is like, let's say like, you know, we'll do the top 10 bike reviews under a thousand dollars because we have to talk to that audience. We have to help them get into the category for the first time. So a lot of our skills stuff, a lot of the tips that we give people are geared towards the beginner, right? So to some extent, the marketing might look very aspirational, but the reality is Mm -hmm. we're trying to actually, you know, sort of navigate people, guide them through that entire beginner to advanced journey. Yeah. And that's what I find sort of intriguing because like people who are super, let's say they're speaking, speaking with the ice climbing example or anything else, you know, people who are super into it, Robin, like, do they want to see you, you know, selling beginner product or talking to beginners? Does that bother them? Does that inspire them? I mean, where does, how do you talk to people at both ends of the spectrum without alienating your most passionate, fervent folks? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you know, a lot of it is through personalization. So like, let me use an example, you and I, because of what we follow on, say, a platform like Apple News, right? We have a very different experience. And that is catered to our likes, our interests, um, our journey, like, you know, I mean, in finance, I might follow something like Alpha Insight because I'm like really going deep on stock research, right? You might not follow that on Apple, right? So our journey is similar in that we're trying to put together this personalization platform Mm. where if you're an advanced person and all you want to see is that stuff, like you can get that stuff from us. If you're a beginner in one category and want to get that from us, but you're advanced in another category, then you can combine those two sort of things together on our platform. And that's only going to get better over time. I mean, we've invested a huge amount. We have, you know, more than a hundred people in our product engineering design teams, that's all new for the company in the last uh-huh. like 18 months. Um, so these experiences are going to get better and better and the, and the sort of personalization around them is going to get better because you're right that if I'm a really advanced person, I might not want to see a bunch of beginner content right when I get to the platform, but we really are creating it in a way that you don't have to, if you don't want wow. to. Wow. 
Yeah, now that makes a lot of sense. And I find it a little ironic that as much as we want to get people outside away from technology, we're using technology to actually appeal to them to drive them outside. Is that ironic or that's just the world? That's just the world. Well, I think there's, I mean, one of my, one of my, rea- this, so the previous company I built uh, was a company called Map My Fitness, um, which is like Map My Run and Map My Ride, which were two of the first hundred iPhones in the app store. And I used to say back then, like, you know, there, I mean, and even when we first started talking about the company in 2005, even before the I, iPhone store launched, there was a lot of skeptics about using technology in these outdoor categories in general. Yeah. But yeah. the reality is, think about your daily, like I'm using example, like, can you even imagine living without Uber now or or even location? Like, we used to be actually good at finding, um, you know, the routes, right? Like where right, we Right, now we're using like, all trails and stuff, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I mean, oh. in your car, in your car, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. can't live without Google Maps or Waze. Like, these yeah. are things that are so integral to you know, what you're building and, you know, and the same is true in activity. Like we own, we own some mapping companies like trail forks and Gaia GPS and people, these things are really important in their journey around how to go for the best hiking experience or the best backpacking or the best skiing or the best mountain biking experience. And so like, I just want to be, there's this convergence of what I would call technology, culture, and the outdoors is all coming together, whether, whether people want it or not, it's where mm-hmm. the future sort of lies. And I think we're just very realistic about that and want to create, yeah. create great tools and, and ultimately rewards that are going to take you outside. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, listeners, this is Proco 360 named best Denver podcast three years running and this year named best Colorado business podcast. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. My guest today is Robin Thurston, chairman and CEO of Outside Inc. Hey, thanks to our sponsors, Kinsley Meetings. Uh, Steve Kinsley said, it says, if a switch for meetings and conferences has been turned full on and running them is even more complex than ever. So if you need help, call Kinsley Meetings. Also via technologies, really appreciate them hosting Proco 360. Check out the site, Clint and the VIA team. Keep it running. Also, we've launched a partnership with Colorado Biz Magazine. Really excited to share and expand our audiences together. So go to Proco360.com and check out all these great sponsors. So uh, Robin, I appreciate you, you sort of tying together how technology is working to get people, enabling people and encouraging people to get outside. I want to spend a little more time on the idea of niche because I'm just fascinated by niche and you know, you've done such a good job in, in creating them. But as you look at developing and managing niche, you, I know you use technology, but I mean, how do you, how do you look at a niche to decide, is this big enough enough, uh, big enough? Is it viable? Uh, Will advertisers support it? You know, how do you, how do you evaluate? You must be evaluating new niches all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, I think in our categories, the one thing that I'm extremely realistic about having grown up in the cycling community is that there are a lot of niches and, and, you know, how you, you know, not only think about, um, catering to them, building products and services for them, integrating the communities is really, really important. That doesn't matter if it's, if it's, um, you know, ice climbing or it's, um, you know, extreme kayaking or it's, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, back backcountry skiing, right? These are niches yeah. where the communities are rather small in many respects, and we don't want to. We certainly don't want to alienate them. We want to bring more things together that give them benefits. Like you know, before if I was just climbing magazine or rock and ice, and I didn't have a utility 
um, that maybe is beneficial for me to understand my progress in climbing. Um, and that might be tracking in a certain way that might be integrating with a Garmin device that might be, um, you know, helping you locate where that next great, you know, sort of, um, you know, achievement you're going to do is. Um, so I, I think the niches are really important, but how you string that together, because again, the data in our world is very, very clear. The average person does at least three different activities a year. So that means I might, you know, I'm a cyclist skier and I do some hiking, right? Like yeah, that. Yeah. So the, I'm talking the average being over 80% of our audience does at least three activities a year. Mm. And over a lifetime, they'll do 12 to 15 different activities. Like, mm. even if I think about my own cycling journey, I started in road cycling. I've done some track cycling. I've done some cycle cross. I'm now doing a lot of gravel and a lot more mountain bike because I don't want to be out on the roads as much, yeah. but that's technically five different sports. It's five different niches over the last 40 years. And so I just think we have to, th but, but how you pin all those things together mm. and create an environment that gives people a better product and service is really what we're trying to do at outside. That, that is interesting. And, and it, it prompts a follow on question, which is how do you, or do you, is it your part of your job to stimulate it? Like I'm an avid backcountry snowshoer. Mm -hmm. So how do you stimulate interest for me? You really can't know what's next for me. So is there some sort of a broader overarching thematic, I don't know, something that keeps me just looking beyond what I love today that you help people to discover? Well, I think that's part of the benefit of aggregation. So I'll use a really good example. Um, I, I only briefly surfed because I lived in Pacific Palisades for mm. a year when I was a kid. But like, I'll tell you one of the best uh, programming things that we've done in the last, you know, 12 months on um, outside television was the Billy Kemper story, which is a, he was a big, big wave surfer that got injured during COVID. And it was a, essentially a six part series about his recovery from that. Um, you know, great, great, unbelievably inspirational story. Um, that frankly, you know, kind of had me thinking like, wow, I'd really like to try surfing again mm. um, because of this journey and like looking at how he, you know, recovered and how he got strong again and, you know, some of the skills that he was, you know, sort of documented in the film. And so I think, again, the benefit of having a platform specifically focused on active lifestyle and all the things in it, even though they're niches, mm -hmm. allows you exposure to things that you might not normally try. Now, the other thing I would say is that it is our goal in the future to, if you think about Amazon as an example, roughly 30, 40% of what you buy is something they suggested to you based on what other people mm. are interested in or what yeah. you are, you might be interested in. We kind of want to do the same thing. Like I might at the right time, like, let's say I notice uh, because of your Gaia GPS data that you've moved from, you know, Denver to, you know, by a lake or, you know, to the coast. I might then be able to say, you know, hey, um, are you interested in, uh, you know, Dave, are you interested in in surfing? And here's some content, here's some skills to get you into that category. So I think the future has a lot of recommendation in it that huh. maybe is unexpected. Yeah, that's very interesting. They're probably, as you collect data, you know, if somebody's buying Gore-Tex and you know they, that they're involved in one sport, that that there must be some sort of interesting combination of what people are buying and what people are doing that might suggest extensions of either. Exactly. Do advertisers want your help in those things? They must. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think like any platform, you know, our partners and advertisers, you know, want to understand their customer better. Um, we're investing a lot in how we, you know, sort of not only 
connect with the customer, but understand them at a deeper level through, you know, one, asking them up front what they're interested in, two, sort of understanding what they're doing across our platform, and then ultimately plugging into devices. But I think all the advertisers want access to a much, you know, if you think about the, you know, the, the, the fortunes of Facebook and Instagram, it's all about, you know, personalization. Now, I disagree with some of their data policies. That's like yeah, a whole different yeah, conversation. Yeah. But at the same level, advertisers are looking for us, our ability to target specific individuals in certain categories. And we want to do that with precision um, and to certainly help them achieve their goals. And we're seeing that um, our, you know, our ad business um, has been really, you know, growing quite significantly. And we think yeah. the larger the platform we build, the more likely advertisers will. And and both both what we call endemics. So endemics are things like the bicycle companies or the kayak companies or the, you know, Patagonia, like the clothing companies. And then you have the non-endemics, which are a lot more attracted to our platform because of the scale. So the Toyotas, the Fidelities, oh, yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, mm-hmm. essentially the non, what you wouldn't think about as traditional advertisers, the Geico's, the, you know, things like that are advertising on our platform in spades. Are there, that prompts a really curious question for me. Are, are people who are avid sports enthusiasts, I mean, they're buying expensive equipment and, you know, because they need it. Is there a connection between the kinds of other products they buy? I mean, you can't be an avid anything and buy expensive equipment if you can't afford a nicer car or a nicer vacation or investment portfolios. Is there like, is there a connection between where they are in that life of a product and what of, of, a, of an experience and what they're willing to buy? Oh yeah. I mean, the household incomes are higher among active lifestyle participants. They're, um, they're very focused and will spend um, significant amount on travel and experiential things. Um, they, you know, certainly, you know, buy automobiles and probably a slightly more expensive automobiles. Um, but I would, I would say on that note, though, that part of our goal is to really broaden the use of our, our platform in general and bring more diverse audiences to mm-hmm. these activities. Because, you know, a good example is like in the, um, you know, there, there are certain communities that are really gravitating towards outdoor activity and have been during COVID. And we want to service all of those communities. Um, but certainly advertisers are looking at things like household income and, you know, um, frequency of visit engagement. And we have like active lifestyle people are highly engaged in these platforms. They're, they're on them a lot. It's not a once and done type thing. Yeah, but there is, you know, you raise an interesting question. I mean, the park service is looking at it. It's looking at demographic trends and things. You know, how do you get, is, how do they model the usage of national parks and so forth against the emerging trends of demographics? Are you looking, you must be looking at those things too. Yeah, I mean, right after we acquired um, most of these companies, we went through and did an audit uh, as an example on both the storytelling side about how much diversity was in our sto- you know, our stories, as well as from a photography and video perspective. And frankly, um, you know, the, the diverse communities were were really widely underrepresented in the storytelling and the imagery that we even position on the site. So now we, you know, we re- we very much are you know, talking to our teams and and trying to do a lot more storytelling along what I'd almost say what the what the average, um, you know, sort of like if you think about the the demographics of the U.S., like modeling the demographics of the U.S. at minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we think about you know number of stories, um, number how we think about photography, all of that, 
And we already know it's had a big, big impact on um, the readership and the, the communities that are coming to outside every day. And so those are things that as you get scale, you can start to focus on in a very different way. But it's also just a big commitment of the company, both around sustainability and DEI, to really, you know, think about these um, communities um, much differently than many of these, um, you know, properties have in the past. Yeah, I mean, you can really, you've got a big enough footprint that you can really drive change. That, that's that's at least the way that I view it from, yeah. you know, and the, the other thing I think is sort of interesting is like, I don't, you know, I mean, even if you, if you, if you think about the evolution of the company and they're like my, my impression of the outdoor industry is that sometimes there's a lot of sort of like internal fighting, like who's right in the outdoor mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I don't view it that way at all. Like I view our biggest threats as things like screen time, which we don't really control. I view the biggest threats as, you know, changes in urbanization and not having as much access to the outdoors. Um, you know, so like I'm, I support every single person in the outdoor community that's trying to bring mm-hmm. more people into these, whether they're part of outside, a partner of outside, or they are what they might consider a competitor of outside. Yeah. You listen to Proco 360. And when I get back, uh, Robin, I, from from thanking these sponsors, I want to talk more about sort of how you've expanded outside um, the different platforms you have and so forth. But right now, I want to remind listeners, this is Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. This episode is with Robin Thurston, chairman and CEO of Outside Inc. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, link to sponsors, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. So, Robin, getting back to you, I am interested in exploring more of sort of this whole platform that you built with events, books, learning, TV. You mentioned uh, uh, a six-part series you built. You know, it seems like you're really growing the brand in a much broader way. Yeah, I mean, that was really the goal. I mean, my my view of the category as a whole having, you know, um, so again, prior company, I sold it to Under Armour, we then rolled up a bunch of companies and created what was called Under Armour Connected Fitness. And frankly, I said the biggest missing part at that time to what we were building was uh, content and really the inspiration. Mm-hmm. And so at some level, I mean, I've often said that outside is my opus, um, because like, there's nothing more important to me than thinking about, you know, not only my own family spending time outdoors, but, you know, how I think about our community as well as, you know, everybody on the planet. And with scale, um, there are some things that you can do that um, simply you can't do as a very, very small, you know, company. And so um, it has been about scaling and bringing the pieces together to create a better experience for consumers, but ultimately to have enough scale that we can have some real meaningful impact. Well, and and so far you've talked a lot about how you're reaching your consumer, your your audience, how you're adapting content to fit the audience. You've mentioned the word community though several times. So, are there communities that you're helping to facilitate, to help build, to help enrich in each of these niche categories or in the broader categories that you've been talking about? Yeah, like I'll I'll use a program that sort of leverages multiple parts of our system that we just uh, that we're just um, launching and and rolling out now. Which is so when we bought uh, we bought an event registration platform called Athlete Reg. They had a system called Pledge Reg, which was essentially a charity uh, donation platform for you to be able to raise funds for specific types of endurance events and others. Um, and then on the content side, we really recognized that there were. Um, 
specific organizations in each one of these verticals that were doing a good job of both thinking about sustainability as well as diversity into these categories. And so you're going to start to see us write a lot of content around these organizations, but ultimately with the goal of driving people and awareness around it. So like, let's just say you're big into cycling and you want to know two or three organizations that you can contribute to because you know they're having an impact on sustainability and DEI initiatives. Now in our system, once you read the story, you'll see actually a button on the story that says, do you want to donate right now so that yeah. we can draw that direct line through and show how much we're raising by leveraging our audience directly into those organizations. And to me, that's all about building community. It's Those could be hyper-local organizations. They could be national organizations. They could be global organizations. And it's just a really critical part of our strategy. Yeah. Well, when I think about community, I also think about people who don't know each other connecting through your platform and building some sort of community, whether it's people who go cycling together or people who just share ideas and so forth. Is there much of that going on um, throughout your platforms? You know, there's a little bit of it, um, what I'd say around um, like, so Pink Bike, which is the largest mountain bike site in the world um, is and has a lot of community engagement. What I mean by that is like users can upload video and engage with mm. it through comments. You can follow people on the platform similar to a Facebook or you know, Twitter or other places. Um, so that's like a site where there is a lot of community engagement. In other words, small groups of people, you can go on there and buy and sell mountain bikes and road bikes and other mm -hmm. things. So there's engagement around the gear. Um, in the future though, we really view ourselves and want to be viewed as essentially what I'd call the, the social platform for the outdoors. And so you're going to mm. see us launch a whole bunch of functionality that really does help these communities engage in completely new ways um, that they haven't before. Yeah, I wondered about that. And I wondered that in the context of your background, because I mean, your background, you mentioned Matt, my fitness, but you also were, you also ran a company called Helix, which is a consumer genetics company. I mean, your background, as I looked at it, was sort of a circuitous route to outside, but there seems to have been some technological uh, patterns maybe that you're applying. Is there some sense to how you've ended up here and, and some lessons you've learned in the past that you're bringing to bear now at outside? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, you know, there's the part of me always wanting to invest my time in things that I'm really passionate about. And I've been involved in active lifestyle since I was eight years old. I mean, I started bike racing in Colorado in 1981. So, I mean, I've been in and around um, these categories a long, long time. So there's always a part of like bringing your passion to work and like, how do you mm -hmm. do that? You know, then obviously my 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 degree, um, my degrees, both undergrad and graduate, were in uh, finance, and so there's sort of the business side of it, which brings you know all of those elements together. And I'm I'm fascinated by everything from raising capital to potentially taking the company public and thinking about how we manage and execute the business in a really really strong way. Um, but the technology side's always been embedded in my in my career. So my ten years at Reuters, um, you know, I was deeply involved in product development at a whole bunch of levels. Um, from you know, I mean, I launched one of their first direct to consumer subscriptions in 1998. You know, so like I've I've definitely been in and around this world of advertising, subscription, yeah. product development, really since the beginning of my career. And again, I say that outside is essentially the culmination of all of this stuff coming together in one, what I consider my opus of building with a, with a yeah. great team that we have and, and how I think about the future of the outdoors. Hey, I was going to ask you another question about advertising because I think 
the only category that I actually like to look at ads for is outside stuff, you know? And to me, it is sort of motivating almost, you know, I use the word aspirational and so have you in the, in this conversation, you know, I wonder, you know, what percentage of Gore-Tex ever really gets wet? 10%? I don't know. But I mean, it's stuff like if I buy it, if I wear it, I'm that person. Right. So I think that's, I think, I think that's true of any brands, but I think it's really true in the active lifestyle categories, you know, like, you know, people, if you think about like sneaker culture and what Nike's done around sneaker culture, like people identify through the products that they purchased and the brands that they wear, right? Adidas, Nike, Under Armour. Um, I think the same is true in outdoor culture, which is that, you know, it's sort of a, if you're wearing Patagonia versus North Face at some level, that says something about you, right? Um, now, they both say that you're an outdoor person, but there maybe is a slight difference in why you're choosing one brand over another. Um, and, and the same is of like indie brands, brands that are coming up. And the one thing that's true in active lifestyle, which is one of the reasons why I love the customer base and love to think about how to help them, you know, sort of go further in their, in their individual, you know, sports or activities is that, you know, there is a direct translation with gear to performance. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like you get a little bit better ski, maybe you ski a little bit better. Maybe that like makes you want to do it a little bit more frequently because you're like, Hey, I'm really enjoying these carved skis versus those straight skis that I used to have, you know? And, you know, I just think that's, that's a, you know, there's not a lot of other markets like that, right? There's not a lot of other markets where you as the consumer buy a product and can actually see the benefit pretty directly over, you know, could be over a period in time, but you see the benefit directly of, of how it might impact your enjoyment and joy around the category. That's a really interesting perspective because most, I think a lot of us move up a product line um, out of sort of, you know, we just think it's cool or we want other people to think things of us. But what you pointed out, Robin, is very interesting that your advertisers as they are upselling us are actually helping us enjoy the sports more. That's kind of an interesting difference. Yeah. yeah. Which, which has a flywheel effect to it, which is that, you know, you have more enjoyment skiing, you're going to ski more often. And that's really beneficial to the outdoor category. And I think ultimately what we're, what we're trying to do is just like, I think of, I mean, I don't know, you know, Dave, how much you uh, work out, but like, let's say that you today, you run a couple times a week for fitness you know, my goal is to get you to do it one more day because that mm. one more day for three, you know, for 52 weeks is like a really big deal as it, as you think about, you know, what it means for the outdoor category and engaging your friends and things like that. So, and also your health and well being. And so I think that's where um, we just want to get people to do it more frequently. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to ask what seems like an obvious question, uh, which is, you know, how being based in Colorado has impacted outside. So I'm going to ask you to maybe answer that in a way that um, is less obvious. Are there things that we might not consider that you think are helping outside by being in Colorado? Well, I grew up here, so I'm a bit biased. Um, you know, I, I, you know, certainly have engaged with many of the brands that um, we we own today in the outside portfolio, and they were based here, like Active Interest Media that owned, you know, Warren Miller Films and Ski Magazine and oh, yeah. Backpacker. They're, you know, we're based here in Boulder, and, you know, we were, uh, you know, very honored to to be able to acquire 
that business, um, you know, early on in the cycle of this. Um, same thing with Pocket Outdoor Media that owned Vela News and Triathlete Magazine. They were based here. The cycling events we own, we just had Elephant Rock this last weekend. It was huge success. Had almost four thousand people there. Wow. Um, you know, down in Castle Rock. Um, so there is an element of like almost what I call a test kitchen, which is Colorado mm. is an amazing test kitchen for how to think about, you know, expanding these things out outside of Colorado. Um, but, you know, if you ask me less obvious, like, um, you know, I don't know that all your listeners know, just like if you think about sort of people moving out of California and, and other places, like there's a lot of talent moving here. There's a lot of, you know, reason in my mind to build um, great companies. We've seen more and more pu- public companies, you know, get get public out of Colorado. Um, so, you know, I think there's tremendous support by the state and local governments um, for outdoor recreation. And I think that's a big reason um, to do it. But I would say that like we have offices, like Colorado is the headquarters, but yeah. we have offices in Santa Fe and in, you know, British Columbia, in California, like in New York, like we have, you know, in, in Australia, you know, so like we have we have a bunch of different locations and we have people all over the world and so I would just say we, while we're um, investing a lot in Colorado and and you know how we think about the future of the business um, we're very open to remote work and and thinking about how people engage um, in the outside culture and, and growth in the future. Yeah, I would think that's got to be part of your culture. I mean, if somebody you know is uh, wants to come in late to work because it just snowed two feet of snow. I mean, is that, that's, that's why we do unlimited flexible time so that basically if people want to take it and they've worked it out with their manager, that they can go, you know, skiing in the morning and work in the afternoon. Um, You know, I, I think that's a, we, we also give um, $600 a year to health and wellness benefits, as well as to, you know, uh, home office stuff that you can use for either. Um, We have, you know, a lot of our own initiatives, like our own cycling events that we invite our employees to come to. And that's part of, you know, being an employee at outside. Um, So, and, and, you know, when I think about my own personal behavior, I certainly encourage it by the team. I mean, I probably work out every single day in one form or another um, and want our staff to as well. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back, I've got two questions left, getting back to the one, it may be, I mean, it, it is intriguing, but do you ever see outside building a metaverse brand, people getting in there, talking about getting outside and maybe, or maybe not getting outside. I mean, would you get into that? So I would, so we, we are building a platform called the Outerverse um, on uh, (laughs) web three technology. Um, I'm a, again, as I mentioned in the beginning, I'm a realist about the convergence of technology culture and the outdoors. And I think that my own view is that I'm terrified of the metaverse. I'm terrified of a world where everybody's at home on VR, not connecting with the planet. I actually already think that screen time has done tremendous damage to humans from a wellness, health and wellness and mentality perspective. Um, so we're building this platform uh, with the specific goal of how to engage people to get outdoors hmm. using the technology. And so yeah. the example the example that I would give is um, – so I'll use a, a very sort of fluid example is that in the fall for Warren Miller, um, historically, we'd sell on average about 200,000 tickets across the nation. So you might go to the Boulder Theater or Paramount to go see the film. Um, this year, we'll be issuing 100% of the tickets as NFTs. 
Because if you walked into the Boulder Theater, I actually wouldn't know who you are, and I wouldn't know how many days skiing that you went skiing. I didn't. You would because you just buy the ticket at the window, and you'd go in to see the film, and then I would have no connection to you as a brand, right? Warren Miller would not have a connection to you. So by buying the NFT, not only will it give you an original piece of art that we're developing with an artist that has rarity to it and as a collector's item, but we'll be giving you the utility of getting into the theater, but more importantly will then be linking it to things like Garmin and Epic Pass and other things so that we can actually track how many days skiing those people go and then reward them, give them access to a ski package or vacation or give Mm -hmm. them access to the editors or give them access to another special experience and reward them for actually doing 20 days of skiing or 10 days of skiing or five days of skiing this year. So our view is that Web3 allows us to build this infrastructure that for the first time connects not only collectors' items, utilities, and communities all together with this specific goal of engaging and rewarding people around outdoor activity, and wow. that's really what the yeah. outerverse is, right? Well, I, I, you know, I, I'm pretty fascinated by that and impressed the idea that you know we've got to embrace technology, but now how do you use it to get people actually to pursue your mission of getting them outside? Yeah, we do not want them staying inside. We're not building a you know, outdoor playground in Decentraland mm. or on VR. That's not what yeah. we're doing. We are yep, literally yep. building an, a, a sort of infrastructure and reward system around rewarding people for getting outdoors and doing that outdoor activity. Well, that seems a little weird, the idea of rewarding people to get out. Um, talk about, I mean, I don't know if I like that word, rewarding people to get I mean, shouldn't it be like they get out, they feel good, they feel better, they, you know, yeah, I think, need I think it's, yeah. I, my, it's funny. Somebody the other day on social said, directed at me, they said, why don't you just tell people to get outside? Why don't you just tell them? And I was like, it's kind of like smoking. It's really easy to tell somebody to quit smoking. It's a lot harder to get them to do that in, in action and principle. And so like my, the reason to me, like I'm using example, like, you know, there's lots of strong evidence that like use an example, like uh, your credit card rewards program drives you to use that credit card more often. Um, So there's lots of evidence in the market that reward systems work. And we just want to create one that actually incentivizes you to get outdoors and spend the time because we think it's so important for your health and wellness. Yeah. So this isn't for people who would go out anyway. This is for the people that that need a nudge for the incremental growth to get the people who wouldn't ordinarily get out there. It's for them to to start moving. I think it's for both. I think there there will be rewards for the advanced person that does it anyway, that like, Mm. you know, I'm using example, like, you know, we'll, we're, we're doing some stuff during the tour de France around the platform where, you know, those people that um, essentially, you know, uh, buy NFTs from us as part of the Outerverse mm-hmm. will be entered into winning ten thousand dollar bikes as an example. So like, wow, yeah, that's not that's not just for the beginner. It's also for the advanced person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe this fall for Warren Miller, we'll give away a five day Healy Healy skiing trip as part of you know a buying one of those tickets. You know, so that might be very targeted at the more advanced skier versus the beginner. But we yeah. do believe. Yep that it is about bringing more people into the category and getting more people focused on their health and wellness. Well, that's super cool. I, I had other questions, but I think we've, we've taken our time and I'm, well, I'm going to ask you this one. Is there one new emerging niche that you think is just intriguing as all get out? 
Um, there's still some things missing from our platform. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of surfing. Um, we don't have a lot of snowboarding um, yet. And skateboarding, I still think is a great, you know, sort of like, you know, the younger generation is sort of attracting this. So those are areas where we're specifically looking at how do we, you know, think about continued growth on the platform. Cool. I'm thinking things like dog hype, hiking, or, <laughs> yeah. or, uh, it's all, it's all in there. Yeah. It's eventually it's all in there. I promise. Yeah, exactly. Hey, let's wrap up here. I'm your host, Dave Taper today on Proco 360. You've been listening to my conversation with Robin Thurston, chairman and CEO of Outside Inc. Robin, glad you joined on Proco 360. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Listeners, you're here on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, it's a huge help if you submit a review. Maybe you could do that while you're out hiking, biking, or doing whatever other things uh, I've been talking with Robin about. Thanks again to our show sponsors via Technologies, Kinsley Meetings, and Colorado Biz Magazine. That's a wrap. Live, work, love Colorado. 